Welcome to Bayside's podcast. Our prayer is that this message will bring you some love, truth and life into all that you do. Thank you. You are beautiful in all your ways. God, you are beautiful. You are magnificent. You are, you are beautiful in all your ways. I couldn't help but uh, just then, you know, like Kay, Kay got up before and she shared a little bit about those pumpkin seeds reaching out. Man, isn't it just such a picture of what happens in the natural happens in the supernatural? When we reach out and we recklessly abandon ourselves, arms out, allowing God to move, you know what happens? The rain of the Lord comes down. The last couple of days we've had a lot of rain. <laughs> What's happening in the natural is happening in the supernatural. When we are a people that spread our arms out and we say, Lord, we need you. The rain of the Lord will come down. Come on. His glory comes down and it nurtures us. It feeds us. It makes our roots to go down deep so that we'll be a strong pumpkin. <laughs> There's a thought for you. <laughs> Good morning, church. How are we today? We're nice? You've just been in the presence of the Lord, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, like we're, we're feeling really good. Well, at the moment, uh, does everyone love the nativity scene? That's, uh, isn't it a little bit cute? Kind of like, you know, bring back Jesus into Christmas. Because a, a lot of places are sort of, you know, trying not to do the nativity so much anymore. But I'm kind of like, let's, let's make this the reason for the season once again. Let's continue to proclaim that Jesus is the whole reason. Because in a little package, in a bundle of joy, was joy for the world. Was hope for the world. In this little small package was something far greater than we would ever realise. Mm, very nice. Well, at the moment, uh, if you've been around for a little bit, we have been talking about too good not to share. It's kind of a theme that we've been going on here in the house. And uh, today is no different. I just want to point out a few things of, of, what, of, of, of how God and, and what he's done in the package of a little baby boy is too good not to share, especially in this Christmas season. So uh, you would notice that there's a lot happening at the moment in the lead up to Christmas, probably in your personal life and also in work life, uh, possibly even in church life. Different things happening, a lot of things. We've, we've got our diaries full, you know. Uh, this week, just this week, I've been running around trying to get things organised. I've got Christmas break up on Tuesday. Uh, it's followed by the kids finishing school on Wednesday, which is followed by dinner at my auntie's house, who was twice removed from my father's side. He was attached to my uncle, who was found down the street from my great-great-grandmother's birthplace. And man, I hope that she serves her delicious Christmas pudding this year. And it better have the sultanas on that, because I know that Uncle Brian really loves those sultanas. It's a little, bit, a little bit crazy. It's a tricky time of year. Sometimes we let the season affect us a little bit more than we should, and we focus on all the stuff we've got to do, 
instead of stepping back and beholding him. Looking to him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And typically this time here is what many churches call Advent. And it's a time where we reflect on the promises of God. The promises that he has done, the promises that he is doing, and the promises that he said he would do. And so today I just want to take a little bit of time to have a little bit of a look at that. Now, in Hebrews 1, we see this scripture and it highlights the superiority of Christ and who he is. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. God, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Basically, what is being said in this passage of Scripture is that everything in the Bible points to Jesus. If you're reading the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. There are many, many different things that go on throughout the Scriptures, and it all points to Jesus. Because Christmas, shock horror, is not about the presents, although we like them. It's not just about family, it's about Jesus. And there are so many similarities throughout the Bible, not similarities, there are so many things that point to Jesus throughout the Bible, and we're going to dig into that today. Let's let's pray. Father God, I just ask that this morning you'll speak to us, that our eyes would be wide open in wonder of your goodness, of your glory, and that we will know that you are a God that keeps his promises. And just like you have kept the promises of the past, you keep the promises of now, and you keep the promises of the future. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' mighty name. May we be full more and more of your love and your light after this morning. Amen. Now, in the past, uh, Brooke and I, pre-kids, and probably with, with children as well, we, uh, we would go on many trips uh, around Australia and sometimes overseas as well. And I think back and I remember our first time that we went to Bali. Who here has been to Bali? Yep, all the bogans in the audience, that's awesome, yep. <laughs> no, don't, don't be like that. Seriously, Bali is a beautiful country. The people there are wonderful. They are very hospitable. It's an amazing, amazing place to visit if you're able to. And uh, I remember the first time we went to Bali, you know, like hopped on a plane, six hours. It was the longest plane flight I've ever been on. I man- managed to get some snacks, which was delicious. But plane food is not sensational, but it kept me good for a little bit. And when we touched down, the heat 
the heat hit you like a punch in the face. You just walk out and the heat is there and you're like, wow, I should not have worn my jacket back in Adelaide when I hopped on that plane because what am I going to do with it now? And uh, it's a beautiful place to visit. And one thing that you can escape in Bali is, you know, you can, you can go out of Kuta and go into all the other areas and, and there's some quite really nice, relaxing areas. Uh, one place that we've visited before is a place called Candidasa and it was literally a street of restaurants. And because everything's so cost-effective there, we ate out every meal. It was delicious, wasn't it, hun? Nazi goring. No one does Nazi goring like Balinese people. Anyway, a lot of people clearly haven't been there. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really good. But one thing that you will not escape wherever you go, wherever you go in, the bar, in Bali, you can go to this little back street beach that no one's ever heard of, and you will not escape the street vendors. They will find you, and they will come and try and sell you stuff, because they know that you're a tourist, and what do tourists have? Well, they've got money to burn, right? Especially in Bali, when it's a little bit more cost-effective to do things. And one of the things that they would have is they'd quite often have hats. Who here likes hats? Not many. No, okay, all right. They'd have shirts, T-shirts. They'd have shoes, sunglasses. I reckon the first time I came back with all these cheap pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> and you'll notice that they actually have brand names on them. Like, you know, like... Hey? Oakley, Nike, Adidas, Adidas, Puma. And, and you have a look at these, the stuff that they're trying to sell, and you're just like, how much? And they'll give you a price. And it would be sort of up there. But see, you know that it's, it's not genuine. You know that it's, that it's not, not the real thing. And so you're kind of like, ah, oh, too much, too much. I'll give, you, I'll give you this much. And they're like, oh, no, mister. No, that's way too low. How about this much? And you'll settle on a price. Because it's not the full quality thing. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? It's, it's, it's something that looks like the real thing. It's made of the real materials. It's, uh, it's, it's got the name on it, the brand name, but it's not exactly the genuine thing. And you, you say that to them. You say, oh, no, no it's, it's, it's not the real thing. And they'll be like, ah, ah, Mr. Caleb, same, same. Same, same, but different. <laughs> same, same, but different. Same, same material. See, strong, strong, very strong. Same, same, but different. Well, throughout the Bible, we see similar stories, and because the whole Bible points to Jesus, there are certain texts that we can look at, and we can be like, that is same, same, but different. God was doing the same thing, it's same, same, but it's a little bit different. The thing is with Jesus, is it's same, same, but far superior. Same, same, but superior. And so who here knows the story of Moses? The story of Moses is a good story. It's a well-known story. They even made a movie out of it. And you're going to see a clip this morning. It's going to be wild. <laughs> see, what Moses and Jesus did essentially was the same thing. It was same, same, but it was different. And in fact, what Moses, Moses took a captive people out of captivity 
and set them free. Jesus took a captive people out of captivity and set them free. But what Jesus did was same, same, but superior. Moses was a hero. He was a deliverer of the Israelites in the Old Testament. Well, today Jesus is our hero. And he is the deliverer of all mankind in the New Testament. So let's have a look at some of the... Let's have a look. Let's have a look at some of the things that we see in the life of Moses that we can parallel with the life of Jesus and recognise that it is same, same, but superior. <coughs> Number one, if you're taking notes. Jesus and Moses are both introduced to us in Scripture as what? Sorry? Oh, yes. It's always nervous when a preacher asks you what the answer is, especially if you kind of second-guess yourself and you go, like, hang on, was, were they really introduced as babies? They were introduced as babies. In Exodus 2, we have a picture that Moses is born. It is shared with us that he is born and there is something special about this Moses. Now, at the time, the, uh, the Pharaoh had gone around and he's kind of like, wow, these Israelites are getting a little bit strong and I think that eventually they're going to take over my kingdom. So let's just off all the firstborn babies... And that way, they'll have no strength. They'll just have the ladies there to be able to you know, do, the, do, do the work that I need to be done, and, but they won't be able to overthrow my, my kingdom. And so we see this story in Exodus 2. Moses is born, and because the king was going around killing male boys to depopulate, Moses is thrown into a basket in the Nile and then picked up by the daughter of Pharaoh and raised in Pharaoh's household. In the same way, in Luke 2, Jesus was born of a virgin birth. And at the time, King Herod was going around killing all the firstborns because he had heard that there is a king of kings coming and he wanted to eradicate the uh, ability for his kingdom to be overthrown. So he ordered all the Jewish boys to be killed off. Same, same. They were both to fulfil a purpose. They both had a mantle on their lives. But Jesus was superior. Same, same, but superior. Number two, Jesus and Moses both had a mission. They both had a mission. One was called by God and one was God. And they both were there to set the people free. You know, it's, uh, it kind of makes me think of the, the thing, you know, like, you know, that saying, uh, if you want something done, do it yourself. If you want something done properly, do it yourself. God's just like, ah, oh, you know, I've got to do this properly. Let's, let's do it myself. <laughs> In Exodus 3, we see a burning bush where God says to Moses, Exodus 3, 7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people, and in fact, I'm concerned. And he then tells Moses that he needs to go to Egypt to set his people free. I want you to go to Egypt, set my people free. Moses listens to God and he goes and enters into a type of ministry, right? Where he is going to Pharaoh, he's saying, hey, you need to set my people free. Telling the Israelites that this is God's plan. It's a bit of a ministry. It's all happening. And in the same way, in Luke 3, 
we see John the Baptist in the wilderness say to the people, I am here to make way for the one whose sandals I am unfit to untie. Jesus had a mission. Jesus was then baptised. And then God says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. And Jesus' ministry begins. Same saying, but Jesus was superior. And then with performing signs and wonders, we see in the book of Exodus, in about chapter 6 and 7, you can do all your homework later, we see God uses Moses to perform signs to prove to the people that they are chosen by God. All the while, God says, it's all right, I'll make Pharaoh's heart hard. Talk about doing something and seeing no results. (laughs) We read of Moses and how he turns, his staff turns into a snake. And then we read of the ten plagues. Ten in total. Blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and then the plague of the firstborn. I've got a little video here that I just want to show you just so you can get a picture of it. It'll probably take you back a few years, so... We'll uh, go to that in a second.
<laughs> well, we know the stories, you know. God then sent some plagues to convince Pharaoh to do the right thing and let, set the captives free. But Pharaoh's heart was hard. Moses, with God, performed signs and wonders. See, we see that Moses was sent to set the people out from under captivity. That he was sent by God, by the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the ancestors of the Israelites, to go and set their people free. He brought all these signs and wonders into play to convince Pharaoh that they could be set free. So that God could take them out from that and he could dwell with them and have relationship with them. That he could be their God and Israel would be his people. Sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? In Luke 4, we see a similar thing. We see Jesus start his ministry performing signs and wonders, not to convince uh, himself that he was who he said he was, but to let others know and recognise that he was the Son of God. So that the Pharisees would recognise that he is the promise of the Old Testament, that the prophets spoke about, that Moses even spoke about in Deuteronomy, that he was the promise that they were waiting for. He was the Messiah. He was this gift to all mankind. The first, one of the first miracles we see Jesus is hanging in the t- temple and, and the man possessed by a demon comes up to him and says, I know you, who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus casts the demon out. Jesus then heals Simon's mother-in-law. And it says in Scripture that many who were sick were brought to Jesus. We know the result there. They were healed. The promises of God. Jesus even touched on what he was there for. In Luke 4.43, it says, But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to, to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus was sent to set a people free. He was sent to proclaim a new covenant. When you think about it, Moses was there. The Israelites didn't have the old covenant at that stage, but he was called to pull them out of captivity and then give them a covenant so they could have relationship with God. That is the same thing that Jesus did. Same, same, but superior. He was called to come and bring us out of captivity so that we can have relationship with God. The signs and wonders that Moses performed were for a people. And the covenant released was for a people. But Jesus, his covenant that he ushered in was for the individual. Moses ushered in a covenant for a people, a set people group. Jesus ushered in a covenant that is for the individual, for everyone. It is you who benefits from Jesus' ministry. 
Same, same, but superior. Both covenants are sealed with blood. The last of the plagues to affect the Egyptians was very close to Pharaoh's heart. In Exodus 12, we see the implementation of what is to be the Passover. And God gives instructions to the Israelites that they must take a lamb without blemish, slaughter it, and put the blood of the lamb on the doorway so that the firstborn in that household will be safe from death. So that they could be taken out of slavery and be set free. I've got another little clip here from cartoons. I'm kind of in a cartoon mood today. So.
That whole uh, clip there was to show the power of the blood of the Lamb. Because Jesus came and same, same, but superior. Jesus, the Lamb of God, sent by the Father, would be the perfect unblemished Lamb that through the blood of Jesus we can now now be in connection with the Father. When he looks at you and he sees the perfect blood of the Lamb, he sees you as perfect. He sees you as righteous. He sees you as good. Same, same, but superior. A new covenant ushered in so that we could be a part of the family of God. We could be his chosen people. Something that wasn't open to us before. It goes to show that not only does God keep his promises in the Old Testament, but even though throughout the Old Testament where it was proclaimed that he would send a prophet, he would send a saviour, he would send a messiah. He fulfilled his promise and we read about that in the New Testament. It was same, same, but Jesus was far superior. We've looked back at the history, the promises he has fulfilled. And now I just want to touch on a future promise that we can be sure that he will fulfil. Moses led the Israelites towards the promised land that God had promised the people. A land said to be flowing with milk and honey. Doesn't that sound delicious? Doesn't that sound a little bit sweet? A land with milk and honey. They end up getting set free and being safe, taken to a place out of captivity, and they are headed to a land of promise. The freedom wasn't the end goal. There was still more to come. And that is the hope that we have as Christians. Because in the same way, even though that we have freedom in Christ, and we have his grace, we have his goodness, we as a people still have a hope that the bridegroom is coming for his bride. We still are awaiting his glory. We are waiting for Jesus to come and we are, we are open to going into eternity with him. Same, same, 
but superior because it is forever. It is a promise that he will fulfill with every single one of us that know who Jesus is. Revelation 22 says, Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. A little bit further down in verse 12, this is a promise. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give it to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Can I have some keys, please, now? Same, same, but far superior is the joy that we await to be with our Lord Jesus. We have our home with Jesus and we hope for eternity as followers of Christ. This year, in the lead up to Christmas, I want to encourage you that he keeps his promises. All through scripture we see that he has kept the promises he made time and time again. And the same is true with this promise here. So this Christmas it might be a little bit same, same for you, a little bit busy, a list of things that you have to do, a shopping list that you haven't purchased yet. Might be a bit same, same. But as you reflect on the gift of Christ that came as a little baby, we know that his promises are true, that his promises are kept and that he will fulfill everything that he has started within us. And that is too good not to share, that we have a hope. That we have a hope. Hope of glory with him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the ultimate promise keeper. We thank you that your promises go from goodness to glory. God, we thank you that you've made a way so that we can have our relationship with you now and we all await the hope of when we will meet you face to face. And we praise you for that. We praise you for the promise. We praise you for the promise. Let us all individually reflect on the promises that you keep and your future promises. And let us get excited about it. Let us get excited about it, God.
that is too good not to share. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I was pretty fascinated by the similarities between the two stories. And um, you can read about it in Exodus and in Luke. They're pretty much side by side. And uh, I want to encourage you to do that to reflect on the promises that he has fulfilled and the promises to come. It's pretty wild. Let's enjoy having some fellowship together out in the foyer. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can visit us at baysidechurch.org.au or listen to any more of our podcasts on your favourite listening app.